Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to go over a, a very common question. It's a, it's a great question, first of all, but a very common question. I actually did a webinar uh, today for, um, it, it kind of filled in for, for Tim Sykes today and got this question 20 minutes ago, this exact question. And a lot of, you know, traders, you, you need to be focused on self-improvement. You're never done. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much money you made. You're never done. You never beat the market. You never master the market. You need to have that personal growth mindset. Um, I talk about it a lot. I steal it from Jocko Willink. You know, he, he says it all the time. His goal is to get stronger, faster, smarter every day. And you need to have that same mindset as a, as a trader, particularly because everything's always changing. What we're talking about today was different than two months ago and will be different from two months from now. And so that question is, what books do you recommend? Um, there's a bunch of them. I've read whew, probably, eh, probably hundreds, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe over a hundred, maybe not quite 200, but I've read a lot of trading books and it takes time. It's time consuming. Some of these I'm looking at them on my shelf right now, or they're thick. Some of them are 400, 500 pages. But one of the great things about the book that I always recommend and I always start with is The Daily Trading Coach by Brett Steenbarger. The biggest reason I like it is, is even if you aren't, say, an avid reader, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I know in this day and age in 2018, books are, you know, kind of old. Everybody's reading Facebook status and Twitter status and stuff like that. And they want quick, quick, quick. But the great thing about Daily Trading Coach by Brett Steenbarger is it's roughly a 300-page book, but it's broke down into 101 lessons, and he's designed it to basically be that, for lack of a better term, the daily devotional. So um, instead of reading your your little piece of scripture for the day, you read your three-page trading lesson in the book. And what's nice about it is each little snippet is five minutes, and, and, and he designs it to basically read one a day and you've got 101 lessons and I fell out of the habit a little bit, but for a while I was just had it on loop in essence, because each day you're getting ready to trade. You can read a chapter in three to five minutes. It's a great lesson. I mean, they're all good. And then you can just go on about your day. So I've read it a couple times. You know, I jump back through flip around but part of today's episode is we decided to have Stephen read it to kind of come from a, you know, a new perspective to the book. And he's picked out a few snippets and then that's kind of what we're going to talk about. But um, we're going to kind of give our input, what we think about, but I say we'll close the episode with this, but by the daily trading coach. Okay. So um, I'm just putting my glasses on and uh... Those are nice looking glasses, by the way. So, you know, I, I, I used to just think you were kind of ugly, but I mean, with glasses, it gets women, worse. It gets women worse. love me in these glasses. <laughs> women are like, Stephen, you handsome devil. How many? Is that really you? How, really many, you? how many blind women are there in Dubai? Not, not many. There's not many, but. <laughs> They honestly, they're like, Stephen, you, they say, what's the secret of happiness? And I say, for me, it's, it's being good looking. <laughs> That's the secret of happiness. And, and all the good looking people, they're just at home being happy because they're dead good looking. So they don't even need to go out. But uh, I don't know where that come from. 
But uh, we're not reading the book, are we? Because that would be a that would be a ten hour. That would be a ten hour. Um, that would be a ten to twenty hour. Well, and I wouldn't. Show. I wouldn't. Ex- I wouldn't expect you to have the personal discipline to actually sit down and read an entire book. So uh, you'd be falling asleep. <laughs> you'd be nothing. You'd be nothing of old age. You'd be like, I, I can read it well. I can read it with character and zest, but um, I, I don't think you'd be able to keep up. But my zesty reading, <laughs> it's bloody magical. But um, not to talk about my handsome looks and glasses, all my zesty reading. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is the daily trading course, coach, coach. And um, yeah, so there's, there's a few really solid topics that I've picked out. The structure is... For you guys listening on the other end of that uh, computer-matic machine, is um, there's, there's different sections. There's like, should you give up as a trader? Should you give up? Is it not for you or is it for you? Uh, how do you deal with performance anxiety uh, when you're taking those trades for the first time? Uh, how do you learn the importance of rules and, and keep into them? And, uh, and how do you develop an edge? And we've structured this in a way so... Um, the Brett Steinberger will introduce it. Uh, I'll give my feedback. Tim will say something irrelevant, and then we'll, we'll get the right answer. <laughs> and generally, this structure will just repeat itself through, through, each, of the, <laughs> through each of the sections. Uh, and if you want to just mute straight after me, then just mute straight after me. You'll, you'll miss what Tim says, but it, it will not be relevant anyway. <laughs> right? Uh, I like it. Let's go. No, Let's go. Let's I'm hear sorry. the first clip. I, I got offended. I got offended, Tim. You offended us. No, I'm a dick. I'm sorry, I'm not a dick. Play the first clip. One of the most difficult manifestations of distress that traders face is despair. I've seen it happen to the best of traders. You work hard, you feel as though you're on the brink of a positive breakthrough, and then you take several steps backward. It feels as though you're getting nowhere. You're tired of being wrong, tired of losing money. That excitement that used to greet the start of the market day is replaced with dread. It's difficult to sustain the research and the morning routines of preparation. If your body could talk, its posture would say, what's the use? You're ready to hang it up. Let's face it. For many, there is a time to give up trading. I know quite a few traders who have been at it for years and have never developed the skills, and perhaps who never had the talent, to simply reach a point of competence where they cover their costs. If you are meant to do something, something that speaks to your talents, skills, and interests, you will display a significant learning curve in the first year or two of effort. If such a learning curve is not apparent, it's probably not your calling. Hang it up and pursue something that genuinely captures your distinctive abilities. So I think this is a a great point, and um, it's something that really doesn't get discussed much is... One of one of one of the bad parts about day trading, and I think we've talked about this a few episodes, is is the lack of barriers to entry. I mean, you don't need a license, you don't need an education, you don't have to pass a test. Basically, you just need a laptop, a little a little bit of seed capital, and you can start trading day one. So I think that there is a very common misconception, it's, and it isn't talked about a lot. The trading just isn't for everybody. Um, it's attractive because of the freedom. It's it's attractive because of the action. There's always a new stock. I mean, I mean, today we had three interesting stocks that Stephen and I were talking about the podcast. There's always something new, but it is not for everyone. And if you, as Brett mentions, 
there's going to be a steep learning curve. It's going to be frustrating. But if you've put in that time and you've really put in the time, now I do want to put the asterisk on that. If you, and, and, and we've talked to some listeners that, you know, it, it, and I've talked to some, some people that have, I mean, it's clear they're half-assing it. And if they're a year and a half in and they're half-assing it, well, that's a different story. But if you've truly committed, you've showed up every day or every day you can that your work or your family permits, you've studied, you've documented everything, you've kept your spreadsheets, you've done all this work, and you're one to two years in and it isn't clicking, then it may not be for you. Just because everyone can buy a laptop and drop a couple grand in a trading account does not mean it is for everyone. Yeah, for, for me, it's it's a real it's a really tough it's a tough thing because obviously for for a lot of um, I guess a lot of the marketing and the advertising is kind of like never don't give up and don't give up and follow your dream and chase your Which dream. Which is and true. A lot of this, yep. and it comes from it comes from everywhere, uh, and it's hard to distinguish when you should listen to that. And when you should think, actually, this is not for me. And yeah, the, the best, and, it, and it's tough. And everyone has moments where they think, I just want to quit. Uh, and you've just, what you've, uh, for me, it always comes to tracking a, a winning percentage as a, at least a basic barometer. Like if you win in 20% of your trades in the first six months of, of trading, and then you win in 40% in your next six months, and then 50% in the six months after that, or if you're having green weeks here and there, you never have, you're, you're always having red weeks for the first six months. And then you start having green weeks here and there in the next six months. And then you're having more consistent green weeks. Then that's the progress that you should be looking for. And yeah. And I think that's, that's a great point. And we've talked about it before um, that, that idea, especially if you're new, the having realistic expectations and having growth based expectations, because I mean, Hey, Roland Wolf, go back to the episode. I mean, he turned 4,000 into half a million in under a year. It can be done, but he is an extreme outlier. So if you're in his shoes, your goal is green trades, green weeks, green months, learning, improving, and tracking because the odds of you turning 4,000 into 500,000 in a year is extremely remote. It can be done, but you would have to be, part of an infinitesimal small percentage, but can you get there after a year, two years, three years, and, and get to the point where you're doing something that you love, that you look forward to every day? Yes, but be focused on green trades, green weeks, and you know, learning new things, growing, evolving. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll just say on this topic before we'll get Brett's answer is, from, from, from my perspective, it's always, it's gone, I've gone through three phases of learning. The first phase is you just lose all the time and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> the second phase is you, know, you can make money and you do make money, but you've got some major flaws in your trading strategy and, you've got some, and you're a bit of a wild gunslinger, but you can make money. And then the third phase is uh, you start ironing out those big uh, flaws and learning how to properly trade. And, and, and these are the three phases for me. Yeah, and I think be very cautious, this is the last point, um, what I see quite frequently with talking with traders, mentoring traders, is your phase two that you explained. Um, yeah. So many traders fall trapped to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, yeah. You can Google it, but basically the idea is that you get a little bit of knowledge, 
little bit of success and you then proceed to think you are the next Roland Wolf. And that can be a very dangerous point in your trading career. Basically the Dunning-Kruger is, is that people have an illusionary superiority. They think two months in, they got a little bit of green. They think they're quote unquote, the man. And that is a very dangerous spot, you know, understand it's a journey, understand it takes time and, and, and understand it's a grind. Cool. Let's see. What does Brett say? If you feel discouraged about your recent trading, your first priority is to identify what that feeling is telling you so that you can take appropriate action. If market trends, themes, or volatility have shifted, altering the profitability of your trading setups and ideas, then your action should be a reduction in your risk-taking while you see which patterns, markets, and ideas are working so that you can focus efforts on those. You also want to review your most recent trading performance to see if you can identify markets and patterns that have continued to work for you, even as others have shifted. Reduce your risk, reassess your trading, and you preserve your capital and turn discouragement into opportunity. So I love that. And we actually, I don't remember which, uh, I think it was, well, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, depending on when this episode airs, but we had a specific episode talking exactly what Brett just said there. I love the fact that he said, if you're banging your head against the wall, if you're struggling, first thing you do is reduce that risk, reduce that size. Doesn't mean you quit trading, but if you're struggling, 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 if you're trading thousand share lots, you start trading hundred share lots until you either develop a different edge or the market shifts again. You know, we talked about February, low price stocks have not been the best long or short. So what do you do? You still show up, you still do the routine, but you way bring that size down. Yeah, but it's really weird though, because when, when you haven't gone through that from before, when you haven't experienced the market shift before, and when you've been doing well, and then the market shifts, it's hard to realize that it shift the first time. It should be easy. It should be easy, but it's not. You don't see it coming. Yeah. And, and that's a, you know, that's an experience thing. You know, it's, it's like, especially I, I talk about this all the time. It's like last couple of years. I mean, it's like every month I would say, this is the craziest month in low price stocks I've ever seen. And then the next month would come and I'd be like, this is the craziest month in low price stocks I've ever seen. So somebody like you, you came into trading in the middle of that bananas phase so I yeah. think it is, it is, it's, it's difficult for you to recognize because it's like you, you've never been here before. How do you, how do you recognize something that you've never seen before? So, yeah, no, but I think June, maybe not this. August not was, June, August was, August yeah. was dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About 15, 16, 17 months ago, the market that I walked into was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like 200% winners, 160% winners. Uh, HMNY going from two to 18 dries going from seven to 120 and stuff like that. It was just insane. And then to go through such a dry period now, like when we saw two or three plays, when we saw, um, oh, I can't remember the ticker, the Bitcoin, well, it wasn't a Bitcoin related stock. It was a, but it was a currency related stock. NXTD. Today. Today. Yeah. When NXTD yeah, yep, went, yep. Up went 80%, I was like, wow, <laughs> it's back. The and it's funny back. because and, you know, you, you talk about those previous times when we, we'd have five or six of those stocks and it's like everyone was talking about NXTD today because they're like, hey, finally. <laughs> 
No, but I mean, so what I liked about that was it's kind of when do you know, when do you get discouraged to the point from losses that you should quit? And when do you get discouraged to the point where you should actually take action and, and scale back your trading? And I guess the answer is, if, if you're making the same mistakes for two straight years, a year and a half, two straight years with no, with no improvement, then you should probably quit. Uh, if you are making improvement, but you've fallen into bad habits here and there, then just take notes, scale back. And number one, and I know we, you know, I always joke about the, the, the title of the podcast is Steady Trade, but it just, so much of it goes back to tracking. I mean, I know guys that have struggled for years and you'd be like, okay, you know, what do you trade? Well, you know, this and that. And it's like, okay, you don't even know what your, you know, everybody, and we get comments, we get questions, you know, what's the setup? What's the setup? And you know, a lot of people that are struggling, you ask them, you're like, Hey, what do you trade? And they're like, I don't, you know, I I look for stocks that are moving and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, cause yeah, like, the, there was a really it, uh, there was a nice show today, uh, which we were just discussing earlier as well. I forgot the ticker of it, but NIHD, NIHD. But the thing with that is, it's like ah, oh, normally I trade over extended gap downs, and this is gapping up. But it's only it's only a small variation. You're like, oh, I'll just change the pattern a little bit, but you can't just trade randomly anything. But uh, the next the next uh, topic in the book it talks about something a bit more basic, a bit something that kind of beginner traders. Uh, deal with more and that's kind of uh, how to deal with performance anxiety now i think you get it sometimes when you're when you're in the gym or when you're playing the guitar well uh, I, that that kind of wasn't what i was thinking of I, I know you're i know you're a single guy and you know and you date a lot i was i was thinking something different i, I was thinking maybe maybe you were gonna, gonna uh, show me your prescription to the little blue pill or something so oh, i'm a i'm a loaded gun ready to burst and it goes off in seconds i am i am i am firing immediately um, I'm a nightmare for performance anxiety, and I'm, I'm happy to tell it. And if there's any other men with similar problems, add us on Facebook. We can start a performance anxiety during it, of course, club. And so on that topic, let's, uh, let's roll into it. Performance anxiety occurs anytime our thinking about a performance interferes with the act of performing. If we worry too much while taking a test, we can go blank and forget the material we've studied. If we try too hard to make a foul shot at the end of a basketball game, we can toss a brick and lose the game. The attention that we devote to the outcome of the performance takes away from our focus on the process of performing. This is a common problem among traders, probably the most common one that I encounter in my work at proprietary trading firms and hedge funds. Sometimes the performance anxiety occurs when a trader is doing well and now tries to take more risk by trading larger positions. Other times, traders enter a slump and become so concerned about losing that they fail to take good trades. Yeah, so I mean, I remember with when I first started trading, and we've talked about this before, uh, you've got such anxiety that um, your heart's beating through your chest, your fingers are sweating, palms are sweaty, knees, arms are heavy, there's vomit on your mother's spaghetti. Uh, all that stuff from that Eminem song, 8 Mile. It's pretty terrifying when you make your first trade in it. Even your first months of trading are terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And mainly because, now it doesn't need to be terrifying, but there are so many things that make it terrifying. Number one is always the biggest one. So many traders go in with too much size. They start out with like max buying power, leveraged up because they want to make a thousand bucks today. But the biggest thing that I think that, that induces anxiety and, and you can 
probably most listeners probably know what's coming is that lack of a plan. If you go into a trade and you don't know your stop, you don't know your goal, you know, what happens if it comes to the end of the day, the stock's still sideways and you won't know these things day one. But if you're not doing that, I, I, it's basically an if then statement to use programming terms, but you got to think about it that way. If this happens, what happens? If this happens, what happens? If this stock, you know, assuming we're buying a stock in this scenario, if it drops on negative news midday, what do I do? And that is that fear of the unknown is what creates that anxiety. Now you're not, I mean, how do I write a trading plan day one? You're, you're probably not going to be able to, but the biggest thing you get, you biggest thing you do, don't go too big a size starting out. You know, there, there's, you're, you're not as, as a new trader, your goal is not to get rich today. That is not your goal. Your goal is to learn and your goal is to take profits whenever you see them. So does that mean you buy 10 shares and you make $10 and your commissions completely erase your profit, but you recognize something, you got a little bit better. That is your goal and size and have a plan will massively reduce your anxiety. But in the end, a lot of it's just experience. You know, you've, you've got you've to be there in the trenches to get that confidence. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it's weird because I don't remember the time. Like, honestly, when I was first started trading, it was worse than going on a date sober. Like, it was worse than being on a first date sober. It was that terrifying pressing the buy or the sell button. And I think it's for, for someone who's newer at trading, it's because you're so desperate to be right and you're so desperate not to be well, wrong. Very, very, very good point. You know, that I'll let you finish, but that is a, you know, everybody crazy. Everybody wants to be right a hundred percent of the time. And you know, good, great point. Continue. But. Yeah. And, and your, your, your last trade doesn't determine your, your success for the rest of your life or not. So just make your plan, <laughs> do it. And then find out if you're right or not. And if you're wrong this tomorrow, <laughs> just don't knock out your loss because then there might not be. Yeah. That, that, uh, that, that, great point i'll just finish on before we start the or hear what brett has to say but yeah you need and i talk about this every day in sack straight pro if if you aren't okay with being wrong you know it, we, we, the previous clip when we talk about quitting trading if you aren't okay with being wrong on a regular basis day trading is not for you 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 need uh, to be okay like if you're if just like if you're a baseball player and you expect to get a hit every time up to the plate, good luck. I I mean, but like you can be like you can hope that you're not going to be wrong. You can be like sure. oh, I hope I'm I hope I'm not wrong. But then you're looking at the chart and you're like oh, I think I'm wrong. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm going to be wrong here. And then you have to just cut it. Easier said than done sometimes. But sure. I, you're better at it than me. What does Brett say? <laughs> a common mistake that traders make is to try to replace catastrophic negative thoughts with positive ones. They try repeating affirmations that they will make money, and they keep talking themselves into positive expectations. What happens, however, is that they are still allowing a focus on the outcome of performance to interfere with performing itself. The expert performer does not think positively or negatively about a performance as it's occurring. Rather, he is wholly absorbed in the act of performing. 
Does a skilled stage actress focus on the reaction of the audience or the next day comments of reviewers? Does an expert surgeon become absorbed in thoughts of the success or failure of the procedure? No. What makes them elite performers is that their full concentration is devoted to the execution of their skills. Well, as usual, Brett put it much, much, much more eloquently than I did, but I, I love his performance metaphor. But I kind of like to kind of back up what I said is, you know, as he mentioned, the surgeon, the actor, they're not looking at the crowd. They're not looking at anything else that's going on. They're solely focused on their idea. And, and that's where the plan comes in because if that's all you're dialed in on the emotion more or less goes away. Yeah, no, I I think that's definitely, I mean, for me, that's, that was a really insightful moment for me. And that's why I wanted to put it in there because I remember when I've took some losses, sometimes I've just stopped out when it's got too painful, but because I was like, Oh, I can't lose this much. But if you just think this is me, stop. It's going to hit me. Stop. This is me. Stop. If it hits me, stop. I've got to get out. If this hits me, stop. I've got to get out. Right. It's hit me. Stop. I have to get out. And then you get out. Maybe this is a good technique that uh, works focusing on the process instead of the result. So for me, it's something I'm going to look into a bit more. Uh, the, the next section uh, is a little bit more, uh, kind of the link together. Uh, it's a little bit about rules, how you create rules and, and how you stick to them. So I'll let, uh, I'll let Brett introduce this. I, it's like we're friends, but we're not friends. Thinking positively or negatively about performance outcomes will interfere with the process of performing. When you focus on the doing, the outcomes take care of themselves. We see such dynamics at work when traders are learning to control losses. Instead of exiting trades when the pain of loss is too great, a pattern that comes all too naturally, a trader will create a rule-based stop-loss level. The rule may be accompanied by other thoughts that emphasize the importance of the rule, the losses that will follow from not following the rule, and the benefits of adhering to the rule. In such an instance, traders choose to refuse to do what they feel like doing at the moment. Rather, they seek to be rule-governed. That is what keeps us driving on the proper side of the road, even when we're in a rush. Rules are checks on our impulses. They keep us doing the right things, even when we're not inclined to act in our own best interests or the interests of others. Great, great, great point. I, you know, and, and he started out with talking about the max pain point. Um, especially, uh, you know, you should always, always, always have a max pain point. You know, you know the ultimate stop loss if a trade just goes completely bad. I mean, we trade volatile stocks. These stocks can get halted. News can come out, good or bad. And sometimes it just moves too fast for you to react. But those should be isolated situations. If you were hitting that max pain point where you're just like, I can't take it anymore, you need to focus on rules. That, that is the biggest thing. I did a webinar this morning and, and a couple people were holding uh, a couple stock DCAR, which is, which is oh, God, oh, way so down. It, it, it was in play a couple weeks ago. It's terrible. Another guy's still holding Kodak, you know, Kodak spiked that, on some yeah, blockchain news. And, and it's like, it, that is one of the biggest things you need to eliminate. If you're routinely hitting that max pain point when it is, it is not, you know, a black swan type event. Now, if you take a crippling loss because of, you know, again, news comes out, 
So you're, you're long a stock and there's fraud allegations or something like that. And the stock drops 30% in minutes. You can't get out. That happens. But if that is not a, a like couple times a year situation, you need to massively change your, and, and it puts some rules in place. Thing is though, like I kind of get that and I get that and it makes us feel good when you share these stories of other people that are worse than I am. So I don't feel as bad. <laughs> I've not done well, hey, I've been there that. too. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I we, we've all bad. been there. I mean, I've, I've bag held stocks plenty of times um, for, you know, weeks, months. And sometimes really? you get the problem with bag holding is long or short. Sometimes you get saved, you know, so sometimes you hold for months and weeks and the stock Get you back to break even, but the but the it, amount of the amount of it's pain, not worth it. It's, it's not, not worth, it. worth it. It's not worth it. You were saying on a stocks that trade pro uh, session uh, before the the long weekend on President's Day. I remember you were saying you're like, look, the damage that it will do to your psyche. You're just gonna go in and trade on Tuesday, and you're gonna be like seventy percent of what you would be normally. And and I was thinking it's dead true. I was like, do not go through the unnecessary pain. And I, you know, it's it's funny because. One of the best feelings, <laughs> you know, obviously a big profit is always number one, but you know, it, it's funny how good it feels to ditch a bag, you know, some, whether it be, yes. whether it be hours, you know, if you, if you, if you shorted this thing at 9am and it's 3pm and you're still down or days or weeks, it is, it is odd. <laughs> I know because you've already absorbed the loss. The loss yeah. you've already accepted it a long time ago. You're just like, thank God that's over. Uh, but but no, it, it's ridiculous to hold stocks. I mean, even just this over the weekend, I held AKER only because I was up on it. I was I was up about six percent on AKER short over the weekend, first red day, and then it squeezed on us today. And like, and even though I, I finished the day up 150 bucks or something, I'm just like, it feels like a loss because I held it over the weekend and then I lost on the trade. And I'm just like, even though I won overall on the day, it just sucks. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yep, why did yep. I think of that stock on my mind over and over and over? And yeah, that's, that's a, that's something I talk about, you know, basically every Friday and stocks to trade pro is like, I mean, pissed off. yeah. <laughs> One of the things we love about trading is, is agility, being able to go to cash. I mean, why make, you know, the biggest thing we love about trading is the freedom. Why chain yourself to your trading session station in a non-ideal setup? Why spend all weekend thinking about what's this sketchy penny stock going to do on Monday? You could, if it works, you can always re-enter, you know, that, that's yeah, something so, I know, okay. I know, I know you, I don't want you to get mad at this. I, you do say sometimes if you're up enough on it, and I was up like 5%, 6%, if you're up enough on it, then hold it. And I was like, I'm up enough on it. But yeah, it was to save a stupid day trade. Oh, okay. Which, again, it's going to happen to you. But yeah. but never ever, you know, so many guys struggle with turning day trades into swing trades. You know, if, nah, you, went in, that, no. if you went into it with the expectation that you would be in and out, those are the worst holds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I totally agree. No, I thought, ah, this looks like it could gap down and wash the other day. Like your setup sometimes when you short the, the lower highs on an overextended stock and you go for the washout the next day. But, uh, but the thing is, though, fair enough, you can break rules, but how do you, how, what would you say? What's your best advice to, to stick to rules? How do you stick to rules? Do you just it's, lose enough it's, time to <laughs> realize you have to? <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I I wish I had a better answer, but it's like that's that's just it's it's like burn you know, I've used that burning your hand on the stove analogy plenty of times. I mean, if you've never burnt your hand on something hot, it's like you just kinda have to do it. That's why, but that's why you trade small in the beginning. That's why you take all these, you know, that's why you focus on the process, as Brett said, not getting rich today. But I wish I had a better solution. But at hope, some I point, Brett's got a better solution. I was, I was going to be effed. At some a better solution, I was stuck. <laughs> at some point, you got to just be like, I'm sick of fucking breaking my rules. I'm going to stick to them. So let's hear what Brett says. But you still break them though, every now and then. Every day, yeah. <laughs> the key to successful rule creation is the recognition that rules are more than thoughts that go into your head. A good rule also comes with feelings attached an awareness of both the consequences of violating the rule and the benefits of following it. What keeps a diabetic person faithful to a diet or an eager child patiently waiting her turn to answer a question in class? It's not just the thought of the rule, but also the immediate sense of what would happen if the rule were violated. When people think, I can get away with it, the rule loses its force. It's merely a set of empty words and good intentions. This, then, is the secret to formulating trading rules, whether they relate to entries, exit, position sizing, stop losses, diversification, or idea generation. Whenever you write down the rule or mentally rehearse it, make sure that you are emotionally connected to that rule. Great, 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 great point. And, and I kind of, I think it kind of segues a little bit into what I said is, you know, when he talked about the emotion and I talked about the hand burning on the stove, I mean, obviously yeah. you're not going to, well, typically you won't endure physical pain in trading. Trust me, I've punched my desk many times and I've kicked things many times. So I, I have endured physical pain at times, but the, my, my stove burning analogy was poor because it's physical pain trading. It's emotional pain. It's, it's it, and that, I think he did much better job of putting it in that there should be some feeling behind this rule. And as I mentioned, the only way to know what it feels like to be, to break your rules, to be in a shitty trade, unfortunately, you just kind of have to feel it. You know, you gotta be there. Yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of the time for me, and it's, I guess it's a problem that I've got is you'll have all of these good intentions at 9.29 and then 9.30 when the bell goes and the stocks start moving. You're like, oh, I'm going to attack this. I'm going to attack this. I'm going to jump to this. And it's how do you calm yourself down and keep a rational head? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you have any tips of wisdom for that? Back, back, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this episode up here. So number one, great job picking out a bunch of clips, Stephen, from the book. Um, but we, can, we will, I mean, we could probably do 100 episodes on, on, we could probably do 101, 101 episodes on Stephen's book or on, on Stephen's <laughs> book, on, on Brett's book. But uh, so we're going to wrap up here, but I will answer that question. We are going to do a follow up episode because um, there, there's too much there's content in this book to, to get through in one episode. So we'll wrap it up here. But um, it's, it, it might be a little repetitive, but I will answer your question. You got to put in the reps, you got to show up every day control your size, document, document, document. I, you know, and I talk about this every day in STT Pro. I mean, I have thousands of notes in Evernote. I don't care if you use a paper notebook. I don't care if you use a spreadsheet. I don't care if you use Evernote. I don't care if you use uh, whatever, note cards, whatever. 
document, 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 use small size in the beginning. And as Brett says, focus on the process. Yeah, I, I would just say from my experience, and I'm no one, yeah, perfect, but you just learn by getting burned so many times. Like, I, I can even just think, I, like, I got squeezed on AQ, AQMS about a week and a half ago, and then when AKAR started squeezing the day, I was like, I don't give a shit. Yep. I'm getting out at any cost. I, I'm not waiting for a pullback even. I'm not even waiting for a pullback. I'm getting and, out and, at any cost. And back to Brett's point, you know, you had to be stuck in that. You know, we can talk about, don't get squeezed. Don't get squeezed. You know, you can read books. Don't get, you know, but when you, you just have to, have to, you have to, you have to, you have to attach that emotion. Like Brett said. Yeah. Yeah. And I was proud. I lost money on that trip, but I was proud of myself. I was like, yes, thank God. I don't know where AKR is now, but I don't care anymore. I don't care. Cause right. another day it would have gone to the moon. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you guys for listening to the steady trade podcast as usual. By the Daily Trading Coach, by everything, by Brett Steenbarger. Um, we will be going over more of Stephen's kind of cherry-picked uh, clips in a future episode. As always, please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, go to SteadyTrade.com. Submit us your questions. We, we love playing the audio clips uh, from the listeners. I'm sure you've heard some of them in some of the episodes. Submit your audio or just send us an, send us an email on the website. We want to make this podcast as valuable to you, the listener, as possible. Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A-Ron from New York City. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. Ruff, 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 ruff.